Man, we meet again. How was your week? <laughs> Sad indeed. My week was good, bro. Um, finally got a haircut, which is obviously why I felt confident enough to bring back the visuals. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, um, I've tried to incorporate some exercise into my weekly schedule, so I've been doing some skipping. Uh, what else? I've experimented with a few recipes for my smoothies that I have for breakfast. And I finally settled with the blueberry and banana mm -hmm. smoothie. Excellent choice. Finally, and most importantly, I've been reading this book by the Harvard Business Review called um, On Managing Yourself. Uh, and yeah, there's been loads of gems that I've taken away from the book. Um, but yeah, man, uh, how has your week been? Yeah, definitely in line with your theme of eating and healthy eating. I found that my fruit salads, which you're very aware of, um, has helped me has helped me like make it make sure I have a good start to my day and I've tried to have uh, start my days also with going out on a jog um, and that idea of starting your day off with something productive which is a term we'll come back to later on in the episode starting your day off with something productive allows and definitely allows me to sort of snowball into more productive things throughout the day and the book I've been reading recently is by one of my favorite authors Mohsen Hamid who also wrote The Reluctant Fundamentalist, one of my favourite books, a book that was later uh, turned into a film starring Riz Ahmed and Kate Hudson. And this book, and one of the reasons why he's one of my favourite authors is, is his ability to totally absorb you into one of his narratives. What he does in this book is he follows the li lives of several, several different characters and every time I find myself getting so absorbed into the lives of one of the characters he's created that I forget about the different characters existing and every time I do it I'm like alright cool next passage I read the next character I'm not going to get sucked in I'm going to be totally aware yeah, he manages yeah. to do it each and every time so it's something that I deeply appreciate as, as a fan mm. of writing and, and literature so that's mm. been broadly speaking what my week's been like man so we've had our conversation with Wanapa I'm now reflecting yeah, we on it um, now we're reflecting on it so so, yeah. I'll begin with my reflection and then I'll ask you Please the question and then you can take it from there. So one thing I took away from the conversation we had with Wanapa was to do something she said right towards the end of the conversation. It's an interaction you and her had and it was this. Something that I've struggled with at, at Cambridge is the relationship between self-care and self-development. So you kind of spoke about how we need to know our limits yeah. and for me that's such a difficult concept to grasp because like, I don't want to have limits <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I want to be someone that can do everything, everything right and it's it's knowing when to stop yeah. like you said at the start I'm the plate spinner I'm yeah. the chief plate spinner <laughs> and I'm telling you a lot of them are yeah. you know wobbling a yeah. lot of them look like they were going to fall there's been times where I've been at a very 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 low point and mm. I think once you get on the brink of that stage mm. you have to just be like I can't come and kill myself. Like I literally just can't come and die because what, this is even scripture, but what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses himself? What that interaction made me think about is how often we feel guilty about taking time out for ourselves and this obsession that we are told to have or we often have about being productive and being busy. And for me, it made me think about the importance of taking that time out for ourselves and what it means. So Wanapa rightly pointed to the fact that when you take those time out, those times out for yourself, it not only allows you to reflect upon what you've been doing, but it also means that when you do go back to working, you become even more productive and you avoid burning out. 
and it's something that we all are in danger of and it's something you also alluded to in terms of that balance between self-care and ambition not wanting to burn out but also the reality that we're all human and we all need breaks at some point and definitely speaking about myself at this point that guilt that you have about sometimes just laying in your bed and thinking i've got so much to do but you also are tired so you also have to look after yourself mm -hmm. and one great quote and thought that i remember trying to apply in this situation is sometimes you need to treat yourself like how you treat a good friend and sometimes mm -hmm. when we place mm -hmm. ourselves i like that out, sometimes when we look at ourselves in terms of how would i describe how i'm treating myself if i were a friend allows us to really put into perspective how we're how we're managing our time and how we're viewing the management of our time sometimes it's not always negative to take some time out for yourself so that's what the conversation with one of our made me think about so my question to you Soleiman do you ever feel pressured to be super busy mm. and how does that make you feel that's a that's a really interesting question and the simple answer is yes definitely definitely like i feel like me and you both like everyone we live in this very hyper kinetic hyper fast environment in this kind of modern capitalist society where growth productivity and development are the sources of inspiration are the things that we're all striving for um and i remember reading in the book uh, where it says that never in human history has the human brain been asked to track so many different data points, emails, social media, text messages. So I feel like we'd, we've definitely been conditioned in this society to act fast and transmit data, plans, ideas as fast as we can. Um, so I definitely think the social pressure is, plays a huge role. Um, and it's something I'm working on. Like I mentioned it in the conversation with Wanapa, the trade-off between self-development and self-care. Um, and it, I think it's a line that, and it's a boundary that I'm continuing to um, try to discover and try yeah. to um, find for myself. It's definitely it's a really interesting process. thing to think yeah. about. Yeah. But yeah, bro. So my reflection from Wanapa's episode is on the power of community. Um, so whilst being independent was a clear theme from our conversation with, with Wanapa, the importance and the power of community was also highlighted many times, such as when she spoke about her church, visit, visiting her dad whilst he was ill. And then there was one point where um, my dad was really ill when I was about 12, that age. And then I, the way he was ill was like, it was like bad. And I didn't even fully understand it at the time. I just knew that this is not good. And um, just seeing the way the people at church acted towards him, going to visit him, and bearing in mind he didn't go to church so they didn't actually know him, visiting him, bringing him his favorite newspaper, bringing him like yogurt, and just the way they would just pray with me and with him and for us and just looked after me as if I was their own child. I just really saw through them God's love. Mm. And also when she spoke about the Cambridge ACS's role, of helping black students settle into university. Let me just sprinkle some goodness on our name. Like, we are Cambridge ACS. Like, it takes over your whole life, I assume, li man. Literally. And it's like, the things we're doing are beyond just 
a society in university it's not just about you know throwing parties having a good time like we're really impacting young people's lives like we're being role models we're helping young black people see themselves in these institutions like that's so important and the way you carry yourself and the way you conduct yourself just the way you make people feel mm. is just so important i'm fortunate enough to say that i belong to many communities um, I have my religious community, I have my local community, I have my university community, there's the community at Team Upside, etc. Um, and I've witnessed firsthand the power of community coming together. Like me and you both being from West London, I'm sure you can definitely agree with me that following the Grenfell Fire tragedy that happened a few years ago in 2017, me and you both, we saw the power of the Labrooke Grove community in particular coming together and also the other faith groups and also the other charities in London and the UK and the world coming together for the common good. So the power of community is something that I've seen many times and it's something I think about often and me and you have conversations about it often. Um, and something I want to talk about like whilst reflecting and pondering about the idea of community is a... Um, is a theory and a case study that I came across whilst reading Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. So the study and the case study was about a town called Rosetto in Pennsylvania, which had a very large Italian-American community. Um, and in the town of Rosetto in the 1950s, there was virtually no records of people dying from heart attacks, like zero, like nearly zero. Um, and despite heart attacks being one of the biggest killers in wider society, um, moreover, there was a very low crime rate and life, expect life expectancy was significantly above average. So the researchers visited Risotto and obviously were very confused. They were asking that, why has this community got such amazing health performance levels? Um, and they eventually concluded and they credited their achievements um, to the power of community in Risotto. So in Risotto, in the town, families were very close together. There was typically three generations living underneath one roof and people never felt lonely. Um, so it made sense that life expectancy and the quality of life was very high. Um, but yeah, with, um, so after saying all of, all of that about the power of community, the question that I had for you, bro, is like, Tell me about a time. Tell me about a time when you've seen with your own eyes the power of community. Not too long ago, a friend of mine got into a pretty serious car crash uh, and he ended up being badly injured and was in hospital for a long time. And your allusion to what happened after the Grenfell tragedy is very fitting because it re reminded me of what happened after my friend went to hospital. What ended up happening was everyone made sure that when my friend was in hospital, there wasn't a day that went by that there wasn't a group of people that went to visit him. And what was created essentially was an informal calendar. And so you'd go and visit him and you'd see on the two tables, just uh, so many presents, cards, food, everything. And he ended up having to say, guys, like, stop bringing things because there's just too much stuff. <laughs> I can't do anything with it. Um, and 
I remember also him sort of reflecting on that at the end of the, the end of the year and hearing his account on it and how much it moved him and his family seeing how the whole community sort of all his friends his friendship group came together and out of out of their own uh, volition so that for me was a key example of how community can mobilize how friendship groups can mobilize and it also reminded me of this saying and phrase that you you know where you stand with your community or your people when things when times are hard and Sophia mentioned it he mentioned the idea of you know where my, you can judge a character of a man at his funeral and I think that same sentiment applies to those to, to all of those examples whether it's grandfather whether it's my friend going to hospital or whether it's uh, his uh, Sophia's grandfather's funeral so definitely I agree with you a community is a very fundamental part of all of our lives definitely man definitely uh, both of us have touched on some very powerful themes and that just goes to show how fruitful our conversation with one of her was definitely but before we end our reflection um let's introduce a close friend of ours um her name is rahab she's a regular listener and this is what she had to say about one of his episode so this idea of independence and discomfort was something i found really interesting during the episode another thing i sort of wanted to pick up on as well which i thought was missing from the discussion interestingly maybe because it was um two male interviewers was just this idea of how Wanipa feels her gender and her womanhood have played into her experiences. You know, what were the turning points for her in the same respect that she might have had in her faith experience or her race experience? I know she said that she feels, this is something I related to quite a bit as well, that she feels that she had to mature from very early on and become a woman. Um, it's interesting, why, why woman instead of adult? Um, and do you feel like your your gender experience has perhaps been downplayed a little bit in favour of your faith experience and your race experience? Um, so, yeah, I'd just be, just be interested to know a bit more about that, really. And then also just one last thing was on this discussion of failure that you guys had. I know um, failure is something I've been querying myself quite a lot. And I know Suleiman made the comment about, you know, what does it even mean to fail? And Sadadine said that it's all about focusing on the bigger picture um, and having perspective on what you're learning from the experience and how you can add to your toolkit. Um, one thing I just sort of wanted to ask was, if you take failure to be an overly beneficial or positive experience each time, do you think that you might risk like pacifying yourself or removing that, that sort of stinging or painful feeling that makes you work harder next time? You know, how, how, do you, how do you balance it that so, so that you do grow from an experience of failure, not just tell yourself it's okay? Especially, I think I'd be interested in hearing from Wanipa, you know, as a law student, as a student at Cambridge, where I feel like um, perceptions of success and failure are really quite black and white. Um, how has that redefined her perception of success and failure? And how has she used that to continue to grow and keep going? So, folks, that's the end of our reflection session on one of his episodes thank you to Rahab for her reflections before we leave we'd just like to say we hope you're looking after yourselves we hope you're washing your hands for the 20 seconds we hope you're staying indoors and see you next week that is it for this week to keep in touch follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube Spotify and Apple podcast that's afterwork underscore UK on Instagram and Twitter and After Work Podcast everywhere else. If you took even one thing away from this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and comment on our YouTube video. Any thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, DM us 
on our socials or shoot us an email at afterwork258 at gmail.com. In any case, see you same time, same place next week.